I ended up through these places of literally tears in your eyes driving a car thinking, I did all this for you and you won't trust me and you don't even know what I did and how could you not want this? For me, the most powerful moment was the day that I just had this reality of spiritually, we do that all the time with God. (laughs) I don't know what it really cost you to bring me into my family and I don't always want to trust you, all those things. And he's this incredible father that just says, I'm here. I'm not going away. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast. You know, you've made it through 75 episodes of this show. You deserve a break. As a token of our appreciation, please take a moment and enjoy some relaxing music. And this concludes your break from the Really Real Podcast. Here's Anson, Tara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to the Really Real Podcast. It's a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. This is episode 76. Here's what we've got on tap for today's show. Need a refill? Isaac is talking about making a playlist for someone else and the joy that that can bring you. I love sharing music with friends. Mm -hmm. And so look forward to talking about that with Isaac. Multiverse of Madness is coming back up and things are definitely going to get weird on this episode. (laughs) I feel like we were almost distressingly normal in the last couple of episodes in our multiverse of madness. So we're going to go straight back into the really weird stuff this (laughs) time. Asking this question, what if superheroes actually existed? Yeah. And what if local superheroes were a thing? You know how New York City has Uh Spider-Man? Yes. How come New York City is the only like municipality that has their own superhero? Yeah. What if we in Northwest Arkansas had our own version of the Avengers? Oh, my gosh. But just for Northwest Arkansas. Yes. And what if we were those Avengers? Oh, my. We're going to talk about this. (laughs) Then in Yelp, the world, Kara is going to review another animal experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On our last episode, Isaac talked about giving a dog a bath. And on this week's episode, (laughs) Kara is going to talk about transporting a cat. Oh, no. Which if you have ever transported a cat... I yeah. have a feeling you, <laughs> you, you know. know how this is going to go <laughs> yeah. down. Yep. And then on plus one for today's show, Mark Hansen joins us for a conversation on adoption. Mark and his family adopted a girl from Ghana. Ghana. Thank you. I almost said Rwanda, but that <laughs> is the first country they attempted an adoption from and then successfully adopted a girl from Ghana. And he's going to be sharing with us a little bit more about what that experience of adopting mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. was like, both the process of adoption itself And then after your new family member arrives, Mm -hmm. kind of what that looks like moving forward as a new family as well. So really looking forward to that conversation. What's everybody drinking today? Isaac, what do you got? Was it you this last episode that was drinking the apple cider? Yeah, hot apple cider. I left that recording (laughs) session. Uh Okay. And I was walking down the street and I was like, it was a coffee day for me. And I was like hot apple cider and it was just on repeat in my head just stuck i went to poor john's they had hot apple cider on their menu and i was like this is a sign from fall jesus i need hot apple cider so i ordered it jesus changes season does he know yeah there's there's like baby christmas jesus and i think i imagine like hot apple cider no i'm just saying like beautiful how i picture it in my head that's my business i love that okay anyway I got hot apple cider. Hot apple cider. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I'm I'm probably on my fourth or fifth edition Yum. of it now. Wow, okay. It's so good. It sounds awesome. You went from several pumpkin spice lattes in a row. Yes. Yeah. Now to the hot apple cider cake. Yeah. That's I'm cool. Experiencing more sugar than I normally get. Because I don't do 
sugary coffee or sugary drinks. Yeah, the cider is at least yeah. the American version of they pack a punch. apple cider. It, it yeah. is a little yeah. sugary. Yeah. But I'm drinking orange juice. Wow. Uh, every year around the fundraiser time, we have these little plastic bottles of orange <laughs> yeah. juice that we load up on in the fridge. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden I turn into like an orange juice consumption machine. <laughs> Like I don't That's normally awesome. have a drink or breakfast in the morning, but when yeah. the fundraiser rolls around for our station and I'm getting up at five o'clock oh, in the morning gosh, and, yeah. and I need something to eat by six or seven, and then of course I need something to drink yeah. to go with it. Yeah. yeah, Orange juice is definitely my favorite of the juices. Uh, I like grape juice. I like apple juice. Yeah. Orange juice just feels like the classic, you it's know, where it's at. apple juice. It gets a little too sweet for me. Grape yeah. juice, maybe mm. a little bit too. Apple I juice is do... a baby drink for babies. <laughs> I juice, agree. Juice, yeah, I, I'm know gonna gonna say it. I know you're there with me. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. I that's drink like hilarious. one bottle of those. I'm like, OK, that's good. I could just drink orange juice. Yeah. yeah. That's indefinitely. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, just hook you up to an IV. Exactly. Can you experience sunny delight? You know, I haven't had sunny delight in a long Years. time, man. But I remember going to church camp. And at the canteen, yes. they had Sunny Delight. <laughs> and the little, and I would, the yeah, little bottles. Little pl- I would always get a Sunny D and like a Laffy Taffy, like one of the oh big my gosh, Taffys. Yes. I feel like I just flashed back to yeah. Yeah. Like nine-year-old. I could probably go get some Sunny <laughs> D and still drink it That's today. Good. I don't know. Maybe it'd be one of those things where I'd try it and be like, oh my gosh. Your 35-year-old body would yeah. shut down. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, nine-year-old <laughs> orange juice is not what we remembered. That's fair. <laughs> I am drinking a homemade cinnamon dolce latte. Nice. Guys, Whoa, guys, this is fun. That okay. sounds fancy. So I mentioned last week yep. that I was going to branch out into this simple syrup world right uh-huh. i made my very first simple syrup okay. over the weekend yeah. and it's the cinnamon dolce stuff it's a copycat starbucks yeah uh-huh. so i made myself a real cinnamon dolce latte and it was good that's amazing i'm a fan of the simple syrup stuff and it saves so much money is it better than going and buying it from starbucks it like is your actually, homemade version it might be better yeah. i would love an a and b taste test Ooh, between Kara and a starbucks yeah cinnamon dolce. i'm just thinking like when when you get idea. to the point where you can make something like a recipe or a meal or yeah. a drink or whatever, yeah. and it starts to exceed like mm-hmm. whatever you were originally copying, uh-huh. it's a that's, good a, that's moment. a good moment. Because yeah. yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, cheap, yeah. regular access to this thing I love. I don't have to go spend five bucks on yeah. it anymore at and the store. And I make it better. Exactly. <laughs> do you that's feel as better. if that's awesome. Do you feel as if your coffee machinery right now is still allowing you to proceed or are you already needing to upgrade <laughs> oh, your accessories? No, I'm, I'm doing good at the moment. Okay. I've got my bougie coffee maker that grinds uh-huh. the beans and brews it and my little milk frother Yeah, right now. That's all I need. That's only the, good. Uh, like the potential downside, right? It's yeah. like by the time we get to the end of the season, is Kara going to be like investing? Espresso maker! In, yeah. She's yeah. going to be hand grinding her beans <laughs> by December 25th. I doubt Mark it, my words. The but, art okay. continues. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about what's on repeat this week. Isaac, what are you listening to? I'm listening to Better King by Brandon Murphy. I love pretty much every Brandon Murphy song we've added. Kind of just this groovy. I just am really enjoying his sound. Mm. Mostly just for the chorus, because you're a better king than I could ever be. 
rule over and overrule me. I'm not someone who gives up control very easily. <laughs> and this is one of those songs that in a fun, musically driven way, I can kind of center back to, you know what? God is so much better at running my life mm. than I am. That's evidenced by any time I've tried to do it. <laughs> I need to be reminded of that perpetually, specifically when I'm in busy seasons like I am now. Mm. That's such a good reminder for me. And one of those ways that I can just center myself. That's good. In the middle of all the craziness. That line about overruling me just adds mm. a lot to some of the titles that we give God, like Lord or King. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you think about those kind of more in an abstract way. Yes, like Jesus is King or whatever right. that means. But when you start thinking about it in terms of rule over and overrule me, yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of makes that title real. Yeah. You know? Like Jesus as King has some really strong implications yeah. in terms of like how I'm going to live my life in terms of ceding control of myself. Yeah. yeah. There's an intimacy to it. Roll over and overrule me. Like a king can be this abstract figure like you're talking about where I'm 45 miles away from the palace and I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but roll over and overrule me is no, have a hand in my decisions mm. and you're the de facto decision maker. Mm. When I have one direction and you say, go this way, Make me go that way, because I know that you're better at this than I am. My on repeat for this week is Phenomena, also known as Da Da by Hillsong (laughs) Young and Free. I always love songs that have alternate titles yes, you know, yes. in the parentheses. Uh, I, I've never really understood that, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do you need to give your song two, two names? titles? Yeah. Can you just name it once? And what the heck is Dada as a name? Anyway, I mean, I da, get it. This, da, 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 this song da, da. has the Dadas, is. but you're going to really, you're going to call the song <laughs> Dada. It makes like, being a DJ very difficult because <laughs> yeah, you're does. like, do I say the parenthetical yeah. title? I'm just going to stick to Phenomena yeah, is the name nice. of the song. I think, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> it does have the dot, 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 dot chorus yes. and there is a time honored tradition of da's or na's or la's <laughs> sure. as choruses and it's it is true. remarkable how well those work yeah yeah like I timeless mean, you hear a song with that in it and you're kind of like really you couldn't come up with lyrics for your song you right. just had to repeat a syllable and yet it's so catchy and like you can't help but do like dude sweet like, caroline da, has da, entered da, the da, chat da, exactly yeah, right exactly. like people just explode when yeah. they hear that song yes, and you get to true. that part of that go off because it's so easy to just jump into and <laughs> sing right <laughs> yeah uh, i really do like this song hillsong young and free has just always had this way of yeah. coming up with worship music that just has this infectious energy to yes. it really fun to dance along to and listen to they have a studio version of the song that they released a few weeks after the live version that uh-huh. we're playing on Real FM and we've actually just stuck to the live version mm-hmm. because it just it captures that yeah. infectious energy that I'm talking about yep. when you hear this like arena yeah. full of people singing <laughs> along along with the song <laughs> yeah. I also just really love the phrase that they're using it's actually the title it's in the song but it's also the title of their new EP out here on a Friday where it began that's cool and apparently they have their like youth groups on Friday oh. which is part of what they're referring yeah. to but then also referring to good Friday yeah. uh, as well. Jesus's death was kind of the the start of a new era of the Christian life and mm-hmm. the church. And we're out here fulfilling that by yeah. meeting every Friday. I, I don't know. There's something That's about the cool. symbolism of that that yeah. I really like in the song, too. It's it's a fun song. On repeat for me this week is I Want to Remember by Need to Breathe. I want to remember. I love 
love Need to Breathe. And I'm so stoked because by the time this airs, I will have actually gotten to hear them sing this song, hopefully live. <laughs> yes. In Northwest Arkansas. I'm so stoked about it. But this song to me is sweet and it's surprising that I chose this one. I know because there's a little bit of slight country influence in it. Hey, hey, Carrie Underwood. But I'm I'm going to be OK with it because it's Need to Breathe. So <laughs> they can get away with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it, though, because to me, it captures the beauty of those special moments in life that we often rush past to the next moment. I love the idea of like, no, let's stop and intentionally like take a mental picture of this moment and remember Mm -hmm. it and cherish it for what it is. And I tend to gravitate towards songs like that. Yeah. That's why you're such a Matt Carney fan. Exactly. (laughs) It's very much. Yeah. That Matt Carney, Ben Rector vibe that reminder to like stop and be right where you are and soak it in because we're so busy sometimes living in the past or the future that we forget to live right here. Yes. Um, And I want to remember, but I want to remember it like this moment that I'm in right Mm. now. It is a really interesting song musically. Mm -hmm. You've got Need to Breathe, Carrie Underwood, (laughs) and then we're playing the remix version by Rehab. Which is awesome. So it's like this weird like Southern rock country EDM thing. Yeah. (laughs) But it kind of works. It works. I know. I love the EDM in the middle too, as well. That's another reason I love this song. So, yeah, it's all of the things all together. It's It's a musical casserole. (laughs) (laughs) And I like casserole. I do too. (laughs) This episode of the Really Real podcast is sponsored by Landry's Dehydrated Water. Make thirst disappear with our new dehydrated water formula. Just add water. Landry's dehydrated water is 100% organic, BPA-free, low-sodium, and extremely lightweight. It comes in a 16-ounce bottle for your convenience. Just empty the contents into any sized container, then add water to taste. Try Landry's dehydrated water today. Just add water. Warning. Excessive consumption of dihydrogen monoxide can be dangerous. Consult your doctor before use. Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! Recently, I took it upon myself. I think I was just a little bored one day and I posted on my Instagram. Hey, I want to make you a five song playlist. Send me a genre. Doesn't matter what wide open. Okay. Mm. And I was not prepared for that (laughs) (laughs) because I got slammed. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think people really knew. I want to make Isaac stretch for this. I'm going to stretch. Isaac. I would like a Poco worship playlist. There you go. Like borderline. (laughs) So it started off with a more like abstract, I want an 80s movie, Oh, but not using 80s movie songs. Don't pull oh. from like a John Carpenter movie. Give okay. me like a contemporary 80s movie. Okay. So I did that. I made wow. a playlist of that. Wow. One of the bands on there that I recommend, by the way, Ariel, A-I-R-I-E-L. It's okay. very like huh. 80s sounding. And then someone had me make a anime intro playlist oh of like different anime songs which i just was not prepared for no kidding like what he just said give me an anime playlist and i said what is that yeah exactly <laughs> like, i know anime is the thing there is an anime music genre wow yeah. who to, knew i learned yeah but it kind of opened up my perspective a little bit because I love working at Real FM because it forces me to listen to more music than the same like four or five albums that I fall into. Mm. Yes. Left to my own devices, I would just listen to like three bands yeah. and mm. no new music ever. That's true. And yeah. I didn't anticipate this would be a challenge because I wanted to give people good music. I didn't want to just pull things that technically fit the genre right. and send it out. 
So I spent like an hour listening to anime music. <laughs> and the crazy thing is that the more I exposed myself to it, I think I covered neo 80s music, anime, country. Wow. My sister wanted a disco, like, oh my gosh. new-ish disco playlist. <laughs> so I had to really stretch for that. No kidding. It really pushed me to appreciate music. I don't think I ever would have willingly subject myself to is a bad way to say that. But, yeah, I, but I wouldn't choose to experience. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was so cool. That's such a good idea. I like that a lot for two reasons. One is what you're describing in terms of just exposing yourself to music that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise listened to. Yeah. And then the other part of that is like thinking specifically about an individual. What would this person yeah. appreciate? Like right. I feel like that that probably had to be like a really neat part of that too. Yeah. Just thinking like, okay, yes, I need to find like anime music, but also I'm this person's friend. I know right. this person or I know my sister. Or I know ah. this guy. I want to find things that this person would really appreciate right. and like tailor it to them individually. Right. It requires you to kind of plug into another person and think about right. their taste and what they would enjoy. You've also. got to go way deeper. Mm. You're right. You've got to think about that specific person. And yeah, like not just give maybe the top five songs on that genre on Spotify, but no, like, okay, Connor is going to be more towards this stuff. My sister, I kind of get her vibe. She's kind of like a visco nature girl. Like <laughs> I know what she's going to be into. And yeah, it forces you to really think deeply about your friends because it's one thing to make just a broad playlist for anyone to listen to, mm -hmm. but to say like, this is something for one person. Yeah. Like, one person is going to get this link. They're going to listen to it. I want to nail it. Right. Yeah. It's cool. I encourage this for everyone. Make your friend's playlist. It's weird. It's Actually, my wife and I did this, the old classic make mix your tape. girlfriend or boyfriend a mixtape kind yeah. of thing back when we were dating and we haven't done it for a long time, but that's what comes to mind to yeah. me when you're talking yes. about this is like, wouldn't it be cool to like do this again? Yeah. To like yeah. have each of us make a mix playlist, a mixtape for each other. Yeah. Cool Maybe idea. even do that kind of on a regular basis or yeah. something. Yeah. And I think that would be really that would be fun. interesting. Yeah. To try to find things that you think the other person would like that maybe they haven't heard of before. Yeah. yeah. Kind of invite them into that idea of maybe learning to appreciate music they might not otherwise listen to. Yeah. But it's mm. also has that secondary layer of being a gift from yeah. a person that you love or mm -hmm. care about. Right. Yeah, I feel like that time. infuses it with that much more meaning. Exactly. Because they took time to think about it and curate it just for you. Yeah. Like, that's really special. Is so. there any playlist that you put together or even afterwards you were like, OK, that was a good experience, <laughs> but I'm also kind of secretly glad that's over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm still not that. Yeah. Into yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think two things. So one was a country music playlist yeah mm -hmm. that was like old country love songs uh -huh. my brother had just gotten married he was actually on his honeymoon wow when he saw this post and he said hey make me like a cheesy lovey-dovey country playlist okay oh my god i was on like my fourth or fifth garth song where i was like <laughs> all right i'm i'm done <laughs> this can be over now no more. Yeah. and then the like the anime japanese hyper pop playlist yeah. was also like that is just not my speed as a person yeah <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was happy. Kind of wigging out for a few hours afterwards. Uh, I was happy to complete that assignment as well. I loved the idea of those two back to back also. Like, yeah. Like, that's hilarious. Like cheesy slow country ballad and anime like fight song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I would definitely want to ask you to create like a mix playlist of yeah. both of those genres. There oh, goodness. You go. Weave in and out between the two. Wow. I'll have it done by the end of the day for you. <laughs> Such whiplash. Get ready for the multiverse of madness. Things are about to get really weird. We're about to jump on that ginormous spaceship. You want to come? 
All right, guys, I promised at the top of the show that this segment was going to get really weird, and I'm about to fulfill that promise. <laughs> scared? Because here's what's going on. Kara, Isaac, and I, we are the Northwest Arkansas Avengers. Oh, yes. wow. Trying to defend Northwest Arkansas from a great threat. <laughs> dun, dun, yes. dun, dun, dun. Right? So you got three radio. I feel like it's kind of like, um, you know, Spider-Man taking pictures for the Daily Bugle. Oh, yeah. there you go. Superman. Yeah. He's kind of a media personality yeah. as well. Yeah. So you've got three radio personalities uh-huh. that secretly also have alter egos. I oh. love that. So I'm going to give you each your alter ego. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I'm going to describe here's the problem or the threat to our region that we're trying to solve or yeah. okay. protect the people from. And then we're going to have basically a little superhero planning sesh yeah, uh, okay. where we're like, all right, we got to come up with a plan yeah. for how we're going to take out this villain or solve this problem. I like it as our characters. Okay. okay. First up is Isaac. Yes. Instead of captain America, <laughs> the Northwest Arkansas version of that is captain trailhead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because there's trails and there's nature here. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You're an outdoorsman. Oh, yeah. You're super prepared. I got for my boots on. Any this eventuality. Yeah. You yeah. Do. Instead of like the Captain America red, white, and blue. Right. You've got a similar outfit, but it's like bright Isaac Hunter orange. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. camo and dark green. Yeah. You've got, the, you've got the hiking boots. <laughs> yep. Maybe instead of a shield, you have like a walking stick. It's like indestructible yeah. water or something. bottle. Yeah. Could My indestructible shield. hydro flask. <laughs> yes. You also have a, a bottomless fanny pack. Ooh. I brought my fanny. Okay. No, this is so way. Good. that's your other equipment that I have got my with gear you. in the inc- studio. All right, that's incredible. So yeah, keep your gear in mind. <laughs> All right, okay. Kara instead of Black Widow, oh, is Beige Widow. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Slightly less exciting. Slightly, yeah. But uh, we're in the Bible Belt, Kara. Yeah, well, you're right. So you're, right. you're always praying, <laughs> always oh on your knees. Gosh. You've got a khaki ankle-length skirt. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And you're also equipped with a very, very thick study Bible. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. you can use to thump baddies. <laughs> On demand. Like with the references. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. Yes. Like got the tabs Fabulous. sticking out and everything. Oh, all of it. And you can just whack. Wow. Okay. That is Whack something. people right on the head with that. <laughs> and then I am our fearless leader, Tony Spark. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deeper reference. <laughs> you may have heard of Tony Stark, Iron Man. Well, instead of Iron Man, I am Walmart Man. There it is. I'm wearing Incredible. my Walmart 2 suit. <laughs> Walmart to <laughs> shut up right now. Stop it. Justice served on aisle seven. Oh my. <laughs> and since I'm plugged into Walmart, yeah. as we know here in our region in Northwest Arkansas, Walmart basically bankrolls everything. Sure. Of yep, course. Yep. Right? So similar to Tony Stark, the bajillionaire in the MCU, I'm bankrolling the operation. Right? Oh, yeah. wow. So I've got the money. I've got the funding. Yeah. To, You're the resource uh, guy. Right. Provide any resources that we might need. Yes. Uh, for our operation. All right. Okay. All so right. Okay. we've all got our characters. Last but not least, we also have to have a villain. Sure. Right? Of course. Of course. Any, any yeah. good hero has a foil. And our super villain in Northwest Arkansas is Colonel Sanders. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you might be asking, why is Colonel Sanders, the lovable mascot of yes. Kentucky Fried Chicken, a villain? 
Well, it's because he shut down all of the area Chick-fil-A's. Oh, no. my gosh. And nothing is more of a threat no. to life in Northwest Arkansas <laughs> right. than a lack of Chick-fil-A. Sundays True. are hard. So yeah. all of the Chick-fil-A's are shut down. <laughs> right. Colonel Sanders has taken over trying to become the monopolist of chicken sandwiches in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And so we need to save the region by defeating Colonel Sanders and restoring Chick-fil-A all right. for the wow. good of the people. Wow. I love it. All right. Captain Trailhead. Yes. <laughs> I know you do a lot of research. You're prepared for anything. Yes. I'm wondering if you can kind of describe to us Colonel Sanders' lair. Give us the lay of the land. Maybe your thoughts on how we might be able to infiltrate this thing. Yes. So first of all, I'd like to thank both of you for joining me at my cave base here on Mount Nebo. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. I yeah. hope you had an easy time getting in. When the building permits were secured for a giant KFC bucket, oh. I was worried. <laughs> oh, yes. My connections in the Bentonville Planning Department told me that a giant... 40-story KFC bucket was being built. Instantly, alarm bells went off. Yeah, because you wouldn't think Bentonville would want to add that to their skyline. I knew something was up. There was corruption deep within the government that we need to start weeding out. That's right. A 40-story KFC bucket guarded by a dry moat full of chickens. Oh, my gosh. Now, listen. That is... That's terrifying. Animal cruelty is my kryptonite. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get into this place. Because you don't stand for it. I don't stand for it. I don't know how I'm going to get into this place okay. if Man. it's guarded by a chicken shield, if you will, wow. of live chickens moving around in the yard. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a question. Yes. If this is a bucket-shaped building, yes. is it correct to assume that there is, like a bucket, a really giant hole the at top. the top of the building? <laughs> Wide open. It doesn't have a roof at all. No roof at all. Okay. No. So that again, if we can get you over the environmental impact of my super suit, I could fly directly into the bucket and avoid the chickens altogether. Nice. Okay. I could get in, but the two of you might be a different story. Yes. Because you guys, you know, you don't you don't have a really cool flying suit like I do. I'm, no, but I have the best weapon there is, Anson, and I think it's pretty obvious what we need to do there. Uh-huh. We all need to drop to our knees right now oh, wow. <laughs> and pray this evil away oh. from northwest Arkansas. Goodness. If we take your approach, what you're saying is we might not actually have to infiltrate the base at all. Well, <laughs> you could infiltrate and I'll stand back ah. and I will be prepared to whack anyone that tries to interfere <laughs> with my giant study we've, Bible. We've graduated from prayer to outright <laughs> violence now. <laughs> Both. It's both. If necessary. A both and situation. It could also be a wall of Jericho situation. It where could Harry be. leads a march around the KFC bucket. Here it is. While Anson is assaulting from the air, I have my handy dandy slack line. Ah. That I think Anson could drop to the top of the bucket. Okay. There it is. Gotcha. This so, is starting so to come Kara's together. So Kara's marching around the bucket. Yes. Yeah. Shouting at the chickens. Yes. And <laughs> If she does it like seven times, does the bucket fall down or do the chickens fall down? As an accomplished nature enthusiast, I have my own chickens and I know something about them. They love a good marching. Okay. Oh, okay. Have to walk around. This is good intel. So this is more like a Pied Piper situation. The theory is, going on. The theory is Brown Widow would lead these chickens out of the bucket <laughs> and march them around enough times. Yeah. The tremors caused by your mighty marching oh, to compromise see. the structure of the bucket. Okay. Well, I'm also kind of imagining this as like uh, leading the Israelites through the Red Sea kind yes, of moment. Like yes. Leading the chickens like out of the moat. Yes. yes. Maybe we could turn the chickens against Colonel Sanders. I like I this idea. Alright, so I, I feel like a plan is coming together here. So I use my suit to fly to the top of the bucket. Yes. I attach a slack line that allows Captain Trailhead yes. to join me at the top of the bucket. I'll clip in with my carabiner of justice. There you go. 
Perfect. Slide up the Safety slide first. Yes, of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, the beige widow is yes. leading the chickens on a march around the bucket. Yes. yes. So we're kind of attacking it from two angles here. That's yes. right. And once we jump down inside into the bucket, mm-hmm. where do we go from there? We need to get into where Colonel Sanders has held all of the Chick-fil-A CEOs and owner operators hostage. Oh. Okay. You need to wear your Walmart floor suit. <laughs> Walmart suit, yes. <laughs> My spies have told me Colonel Sanders has actually assembled a KFC mech suit that you're oh, going to have to oh, okay. fight. Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm going to do my best to form a buddy system with all of the Chick-fil-A CEO <laughs> owner operators in a classic trail tour fashion. We're going to have first. a buddy system. I'm going to give them all Osprey backpacks with the water. Okay. They're all going to be very hydrated. Uh-huh. I've good. got cliff bars for the full squad. <laughs> going to wow. get them out of there. They We're going to actually join yes. Brown Widow and the chickens. Yeah. And the chickens. Yep. That's more feet to pitter patter outside. That's right. That's right. I'm going to need you to handle KFC Colonel Sanders mech suit. All right. So I distract Colonel Sanders <laughs> using the Walmart suit. You've got all of the supplies needed for all of the Chick-fil-A employees to lead them out of the bucket. And we know they'll be so efficient at it, too. Oh, right. of course. They'll do a great job at that. You join Kara. And then I feel like at that point, do we stop for a Bible study for a few minutes? Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt to <laughs> recognize course. this incredible victory yeah. that Jesus has given us, because clearly Chick-fil-A is Jesus' chicken. Right. right. It only makes sense that maybe you would stop. Maybe you'd have like a, a prayer service yeah. outside of the bucket kind of while I'm fighting and then you Colonel can join. Yeah, you can join us <laughs> yeah. when you're done. Yeah. I assume that I'll be able to take Colonel Sanders on my own. But if I get into trouble, what if I disable Colonel Sanders, perhaps? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Beige Widow, you come in kind of for the finishing blow with the study Bible. I could do that. Because ultimately, that. it's God's word that's going to bring it into this thing. It's the sword. <laughs> <laughs> So you bring in the study Bible for the finishing blow. I'm ready. I'm just imagining Kara running up and like alley-ooping off your Walmart mech suit. She the denim like skirt flapping in the, in the wind. Right. And just, just a, a finishing the blow. Study Bible. Yeah. Creates this crater in the middle I'm of the bucket. <laughs> mushroom cloud. Wow. What the And then you have to say a line. Though. Like my line as Walmart man would be like, now that's a great value. <laughs> it's time to Yelp the World, where we rate anything because you're dying to know our opinions about everything, right? This is literally the most exciting thing that I've ever seen. This week I am reviewing another pet thing like Isaac did last week, and he had a very pleasant pet story to yeah, tell. It was great. Five out of five stars, giving your dog a bath. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am yelping, <laughs> trying to take my cat to the vet. Oh. Emphasis on trying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do I give the star rating up front, or is that in the end? <laughs> I mean, just judging by tone alone. It, it you kind of know. like I know where we're, you know where we're going. Okay, I'll but... just head there, and then we'll give it to you at the end, even okay, though you okay, already know what okay, it's going to be. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. So... The cat isn't sick. We're just like, we should probably take him in for a checkup. It's been a while. Yeah. It's probably time. Okay. My husband's at home with me. Like, I'll help. I'll get the gloves on, like, for the claws. <laughs> wow. We've what? got, you like, have gloves. We the have gloves. The gloves. Like, the gloves. Like, 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 like,
Okay. He's like, you get the treats. You spray all the catnip in that carrier. Yeah. It's kind of like this situation we just talked about. It was very strategic. You had yeah. a meeting. Tactical. Yeah, right. you had a meeting. We had a this. meeting. We thought it was going really well. You know, you open up the container and let him sniff around in it when yeah. it's open and put the treats and the catnip. And he was really curious. Okay. We're like, all right, this is going well. He got inside? Well, I mean, he got inside sort of, but not while it was like closed up. Uh, so then okay. we went to yeah. like actually put him in it and close it up. So we closed up one side. Sure. And Cody was like, all right, are you ready? I was like, okay, I'm ready. So he went and got the cat. I hold the container. We tried to put the cat in the container and suddenly this tiny cat becomes stronger than 10 men <laughs> trying to put him in this container. Seriously, like so strong. Yeah. His back legs are like, we almost get him in. I try to start zipping it up. But at this point, I mean, it's insane. It's chaos. Just I can't even break for it. explain to you what's happening. And there's noises <laughs> coming out of that cat that I am like, is he dying? So we let go. Oh, he, no. he runs away. So we, we pause for a minute okay. and kind of now reevaluate. Up. We yeah. evaluate. Yeah, worked up. Yeah. He's won battle one. <laughs> yeah. So get the treats back out. Try to kind of lure him back out. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We, uh, we won't try to do that again, really. And then we try take two. It mm-hmm. goes just about as well oh, no. or worse. So by the third time we try this, the cat is losing his mind. Yeah. Like he is beyond <laughs> yeah. angry with us. Cocky from three previous victories. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> three yeah. and oh, currently. He's like, oh, no, you don't. He runs into this hallway realizes he's trapped turns around faces us and proceeds to like howl this death howl that's literally <laughs> like i am dying it's the end of the world you are evil how could you yeah. do this to yeah. me yeah. and i'm just i'm mortified i'm sitting there going like i don't know what to do this is my cat he trusted me he was like my child and i betrayed him <laughs> and it's all gone yeah. and it's so bad years of built all up of it, trust all of it. down the drain he down hates drain. me <laughs> my husband very wisely says to me i don't think we're going to the vet today <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess you might be right if we try anything else at this point like he's going to hurt himself finally we're like all right we give up and so then we just proceed to trying to like win him over again and give him more treats and try to like <laughs> here we're not bad people see we really do love you but oh my gosh i was traumatized my whole body hurt like for the oh, rest Karen. of the day because i was so distressed who came out of this worse the cat i don't you? know i, I feel like from i the did cat's perspective yeah three fights happened yes he won all of them right and then, then got and treats, then got treats. <laughs> y'all, y'all supplement oh, pledged yeah. your fealty good, to him good point yeah this and like great all right this is going now well. Now we have an understanding. <laughs> now you know. How I this win works. and I get treats. <laughs> and and you, you feel bad. You feel terrible and yeah. never do that to me again. Yeah. And it was awful. So I would give it a zero out of five stars negative if I could, because it's <laughs> so the worst possible just, thing. Just to be clear, yes. the cat has not been to the vet. It's true. I called the vet. <laughs> yeah. Now, like I said, he wasn't like bleeding or like hurting. Yeah. It but, was but at the we point. Still, we still haven't taken the vet. Oh, too. no, we yeah, haven't yeah. taken him to the vet. I called the vet and was uh-huh. like, so here's the thing my cat tried to kill us and himself and she was like yeah i, I agree that's not good so i asked her we don't want him either we don't want to, we don't want to do that because yeah, so it was gonna go really well once you oh, let him yeah. out of the you know sure. how they take their temperature right yeah <laughs> after this experience though i don't ever want to try yeah but it's so kind of like funny. cat so you better bad. not get sick cause yeah because you i don't know what to do you're if not you do. going anywhere i yeah. would think that if it can fight two grown adults right and went like it's fine Right? Well, like, yeah. If your cat hurts, it's a sign of yeah. vigor and health. <laughs> he's doing fine. Maybe that can be like you have a yearly fight with him. Yeah. We're like, all right, he's good. This is called your physical. Like, yeah. yeah. 
half a day. You just block that off on the calendar. Boppin' Cody and Kara. Yeah. He's in good shape. I think he's yeah. fine. Every year I have to fight mom and dad. Yeah, exactly. This episode of the Really Real Podcast is sponsored by Landry's Dehydrated Water. Now available in our jumbo 50-gallon drum size. Just add a lot of water. Like 50 gallons of water. Landry's Dehydrated Water. Just add water. Warning. Dihydrogen monoxide is fatal if inhaled in large quantities, accelerates corrosion and rusting of many metals, and may cause electrical failures and decreased effectiveness of automobile brakes. Consult with your doctor before use. Plus one of the show where we learn from others because we need all the help we can get. The whole pleasure of being a human is in being stupid, but learning to be less stupid together. Now it is time for Plus One. This is the part of the show where we learn from somebody else because we need all the help that we can get. We are very thankful on this episode to be joined by Mark Hansen, who is a radio host with KLRC, one of our good friends here at Real FM, helps uh, coach some of our student DJs here on the station. And Mark is joining us today to talk about adoption. Adoption is a topic that is a little bit different from some of the topics that we've covered on the show in the past. A lot of times we have picked out kind of a an abstract word or maybe a spiritual concept to discuss, whereas adoption is a very practical, real life hmm. subject that I'm excited to talk about. And so, Mark, I'm wondering if we could just start with for those who don't know you, if you mm-hmm. could just tell us a little bit about you and your family and a little bit of your background. Before yeah. We jump into the adoption stuff specifically. Well, I'm super excited to be with you guys. I feel like it's like Thanksgiving and I got brought to the cool kids table. <laughs> hey. This is my year. That's hey. amazing. Now, this will be a fun conversation. My wife and I have been married about 20 something years and we have now four kiddos, three of them biological. And then our youngest Ruth, we adopted from West Africa, from Ghana. From even before we got married, I remember having conversations on a date with Tiff where we'd talk about, you know, what do you want to do with your life? What's important to you? Mm. And then she would talk about adoption. She'd tell stories of, man, I was a little kid, pictures that you draw just when you're filling time. And she would literally draw orphanages that she designed. Wow. Oh my word. It was just, there was something in her. That is not normal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I know. I was like, uh, I did a triangle. (laughs) It was kind of crooked. (laughs) Wow. But uh, so definitely for her, from a child, mm. had this compassionate heart, moved by the idea that there were kids that would need a place to call home. I was not in that space. I, I think I was always intrigued by adoption, but it was always something I was thought, well, maybe somebody else does mm. that or mm. maybe intimidated by it in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. But she would talk about it and I'm like, man, I love that. I love the heart behind that. So it was not a, it's off the table at all. Yeah, It just wasn't on the radar. But it all of a sudden became on the radar because I thought, man, if we're going to if we're going to get married, like we need to at least be somewhat on the same page Mm. of this thing. But that's all it was. It really was a conversation for a long time. And it was a conversation that just kept getting delayed. Probably my heart for it began to grow. The more I really began to understand the beauty of God's redemption story, what we call the gospel. There was something about, you talked about practice, like in some ways adoptions, like this practical picture, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, literally somebody is brought into a family and called their own and there's nothing that they can do to earn it. That to me was just beautiful. And so over time, my heart, I think kind of opened up even more towards it. We just kept having conversations and that was it. And we got busy with careers and started a family. And all of a sudden we had three kids and we're well into the journey 
And I remember one night we were driving home from an event and literally had this conversation. We were like, if we just keep talking about it, it's just going to go away. Mm. Like we're just at that point. Yeah. It's not going to get easier. It's not going to get more convenient. We're just going to get more distracted and we're going to get more settled and more Mm. safe. And we're just going to head that road. Uh, And so we kind of that night put a stake in the ground and said, I don't know where this is going to go. Let's least take a step. And and that was from two naive (laughs) human beings. (laughs) Not like, I don't know even like, who do we call? Right. Where Where do do you even start? Right. We had done some training to be foster parents at one point early on. So we kind of knew a little bit about kids and trauma, but that was about it. But in a classic Enneagram six wing five fashion, my wife did all the research (laughs) and found all the ways it could be catastrophic. (laughs) Okay. Uh I was like, perfect. Did that scare you off at all? Uh If you start to hear somebody's like, wow, okay, here's all the ways that this could go wrong. Yeah, great question. Did you talk to other families about their experiences? Yeah. I'm sure when you talk to other people, they lead with, it's really good. But also yeah. I'm sure if yeah. you, they're speaking honestly, they're saying totally There's some hard stuff here yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it did. We had um, from some blogs and some conversations, I think we got as much of a reel of a picture as we could at that that stage. It definitely was sobering. That was not the yeah. view that I had had built up in my mind. Yeah. Right. I had built up this beautiful redemption story. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, sure. I'm sure it's going to have its ups and downs, but like Very at the idealistic. end of the day, right? Right. Yeah. We're yeah. rest. We're saving the day. We're doing this uh, good thing that Jesus says mm-hmm. is a picture of his love. So why wouldn't it be awesome? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and the more I read about it, I was like, oh, well maybe it's, maybe it's, Got two sides. So it allowed us, I think, to at least have a, a more realistic picture yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think until you get in it, it's like anything. People tell yeah. you about marriage is awesome and it's hard and you're like, right. yeah, but it's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then so you get you, into yeah. it and you're like, oh no, but it's actually hard too. Yeah. Like they yeah. weren't kids. Yeah. Those are things that you just don't know until you experience right. them, right? Totally. Yes. How old were your kids at the time when you guys solidified the decision? Yeah, that's a great question. It, um, so they were anywhere from basically like four to seven. Okay. Eight, around yeah. that age. So, you know, they're heading towards teenage years, not there yet, old enough to kind of understand. For Tiff, especially, she from the earliest of days had this heart for other nations and other places because we considered her like, hey, there's kids right here that mm-hmm. need yeah. a home. So that's yeah. certainly real and viable and good. But she just had this, like, really intrigued by. Africa. And so we just started doing Hmm. some research in countries or like kind of narrowed it down to Mm -hmm. four different places that could be options. And I remember thinking like, how do you choose? Right. Like what kid is worth more? Like, you know, I'm sorry, your plight isn't quite as bad as this place. That's one of the questions I was kind of curious about is there's all of these choices or you have to still make a choice, even if it's a non-choice, I would imagine Mm -hmm. about age and gender and Mm -hmm. location and all of those things. And there must be a part of that that feels a little strange of like, I mean, when you have a biological child, you kind of. Absolutely. Here, all of a sudden, now it's like Ugh. I'm not yeah. ordering something from a catalog here. Yeah, exactly. So this feels a little weird. There yeah. is. There's a very weird part of the process where you literally fill out this sheet that basically says, "This is the kind of kid I'll take, and this is the kind of kid 
we wouldn't be comfortable taking. Wow. And that can be things like certain level of special needs mm. and yeah. sickness. And some of it's a good right thing to yeah. consider. Sure. Like yeah. you should, but it does, it feels, it's like, well, I, didn't, I didn't have this choice with my other three. Right. Uh, is wow. this okay? You feel like is you're telling this? no to more kids than you're saying yes to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, you were asking about our kids. So we had a lot of family conversations about the, from the beginning of the journey, trying to help them as much as they possibly could kind of understand that there's a lot of pieces to this. And we just kind of have to ask God to give us some direction here because I don't know. Do we throw a dart and Mm. hope where that lands? So we just started having conversations about it and started having a lot of little simple prayers about God, you just show us what we're supposed to do because we don't know what to do. And it ended up for us landing on the country of Rwanda. And so we did lots of Google searches with the kids about, because I'm same thing with me. I was like, I'd seen a movie about it. And I was like, <laughs> about the extent, I didn't even know where it was uh, as far as in Africa. And um, started the journey, got connected to what the process would look like. Okay, the, the bills for this are crazy. How are we going to pay oh, for this? And yeah. there's a lot of right things that you got to just kind of count the cost going into it. Mm. And we headed down that road, walked that road for about two years, got connected to a lot of cool people along the way, had a little girl that we never met that we were supposed to bring home. We were on the final stages of doing that. And then the country of Rwanda said, hey, we're going to shut down international adoptions Um, for a lot of, there's just so many political pieces that go into decisions like that. They felt they needed to do that. And um, we just happened to be one of the casualties who literally were like one of the last Mm pieces of paper on the desk. And all of a sudden we're like, this is over. Like like we did what we were supposed to do. We wrote a lot of checks. We prayed the prayers. People were like rallying around and now it's like overnight. Wow. um, It's done. And we thought this is crazy. Even though we never held that little girl, we never physically met her. Something had definitely been born inside of us that created a huge level of grief. Yeah. Um, That's the whole, like, you don't sign up for that. Mm, That's not the picture Mm. you think you're jumping into. And so we walked through that grief journey and it was definitely a hard one, a painful one. And I think we were like, what do we do with that? What what was the purpose of that? Did you want to give up at that point? Were you like, okay, never mind, Or were you like, all right, let's try again. Yeah, I think definitely like to a certain degree. And we were probably in a unique place where we already had some biological children. We're not trying to start a family. That's not not Mm. the situation that we were in. Both of us were in enough of a questioning and painful place that I think at that point we're like, I guess we did what we were supposed to do. And this is Mm. what Mm. it was supposed to be. And I don't get it. And maybe we Mm. helped advocate for this little girl and we, we were able to bring some attention to some physical needs that she needed taken care of. So Mm. you kind of find a few pieces of redemption in it, but not enough to make it (laughs) with the pain go away. We lived in that place and walked through that grief and and really tried to not rush that pain either Mm. for quite a while. And I think both of us probably would say at that point, we thought that we were done. Like we did what we were supposed to do. And, but um, it was kind of like that conversation that we had the first time where we thought, I guess maybe we're supposed to do this and we should take a step. Seven, eight months later, I think into the process, same thing. We found ourselves having this conversation that was one that we had had in our minds and never had physically said the words to each other, which was this thing still isn't going away. Yeah. And, um, and I think maybe we're still supposed to do something, even though now we're like even more painfully aware of 
how expensive it can be, how heartbreaking it can be, all the things that don't make it on the uh, right pages of why you want to be an adoptive parent book. <laughs> right. One thing that I'm curious about is something that maybe some people, uh, when you're talking about adoption, would rather not talk about, uh, and that is money. Mm-hmm. Because I know as a person who is kind of a, a miserly person and has a hard time <laughs> right? spending money, totally. and I know you, Mark, and yeah. I know that you share maybe a little bit of similarities <laughs> or a lot in this area. Yeah, completely. And I know like money is one of those things when you're talking about something like adoption, you go, it's not about the money. Any yeah. amount of money is worth a child. And right. It's easy to say things and mm-hmm. dismiss that right. part of it. But the fact is, it's it takes real. money. What was that part of the process like yeah. for you guys? Was there ever a point where you're going like, is this worth it? Like- totally, <laughs> totally. Absolutely. We, and I know people probably land very differently on these things. We had this conviction that before we would ever ask anybody else to do anything to help us, it was super important that we did everything we possibly mm-hmm. could. Mm-hmm. That was just the conviction we lived off of. So that meant we sold stuff that we didn't need before we would ask anybody to give us a dollar, which was a cool experience actually for my kids to walk through of, Hey, we're going to do this garage sale. And we would talk about this little girl that needs a home. And is it worth it to give up Mm. that toy or give up eating out or whatever it might be, or we might not go on a vacation. Mm. And again, I mean, we did not like, we were fine. We paid the bills. This was not this like, but we just, we, we knew we needed to do everything we could on our end mm-hmm. to do that. But it, there was no way that was going to be enough. We knew we were looking at twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 for an international adoption. Both of us working for nonprofits. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not like, you don't have that. Right. Yeah. But we did everything we could. And then got to that place where like, we got to ask for some help. And mm-hmm. so we just started asking a few people along the way. And it was just, just unbelievable the way people rallied around yeah. and we're, we just, we never had a bill that we couldn't pay. And, and we're surprised by people that we would have never imagined mm-hmm. that were able to and wanted to come along the journey of it. So just my advice to people is always don't let the money be a reason not to do it yeah. because at least my experience has been God, he shows up to take care of that, but also be realistic enough to know it comes with a price tag. It's mm-hmm. going to cost you. And mm-hmm. so don't also just be like, Hey, let's just go do this. And, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm, hopefully it'll work out. Yeah, uh, that's for the Isaacs listening. To yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's my lack yeah. of faith, and it'll maybe maybe that should yeah. be. But I I would say count that cost. Yeah, but also don't let that be the thing that keeps you from doing it. So once you got through this first initial phase, it didn't work out. You yeah. guys have a conversation several months later. You decide, all right, we're gonna try again. Essentially, you basically have to start over from um, the beginning. Yeah, at that point. P- pretty close to it. So part of that. Same thing, like, well, where do you start over? Where do you begin? And for us, there was one other country that some of the paperwork that we had done, some of the things could transfer over to. And we were like, okay, well, that feels like less of a complete loss. We should do that. And it happened to be Ghana. We knew nothing about that. And literally one night, my wife's Googling like Ghana adoption, <laughs> like, right? But ends up connecting to a family that was connected to an orphanage and had a nonprofit. And 
And mm-hmm. that turned into an email that said, hey, here's a little bit of our story. And we we're, we're feel like we're supposed to maybe do this. And really scared. Because at that point, you're like, you know how painful this can be. And you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like just taking baby steps thinking, I hope this doesn't have to hurt like last time. And we got an email back and I think God knew we needed some kind of, hey, I'm here and, mm-hmm. and I've got something for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that turned into an email back that just said, yeah, absolutely. We want to help you. And crazy thing. There's a little girl in an orphanage in Ghana that there have been like seven or eight other families that have been interested in adopting her. And it's never been possible because the paperwork wasn't right and so Oof. forth. The paperwork just got done. And this particular family in charge of the nonprofit said, we were in the position of having to decide, like, who do we now go to? Which of those families should yeah. we say this little girl's available to? They didn't feel good about that. And they were like, your email came that same day. And we just had this clear sense that I think this is the family she's supposed to maybe be connected to. And so we went from this weird two-year journey where we didn't know hardly anything to within a few days, we've got a picture of a little girl, we've got a name, and we're like seven months, eight months from going to meet her. Wow. Which was cool. Our hearts, I think, needed that maybe Mm -hmm. um, place of where we were at. We just went for it. I'd love to tell you it was going to be super easy and everything worked out great. Um, it's way too long of a story, but it turned into a like three and a half year journey. Oof. We paid for an adoption three times over. Government corruption. It's just a mess the whole way through. But God just showed up all the way through it, all the way to the day when, when we literally got to bring our sweet daughter home. How old was she when you brought her home? Yeah, so she was nine, just about to turn nine when she got off that airplane, but she had been five when we met her. So for four years, lots of Skypes and four trips across the ocean. And it was hard, absolutely hard for us. But we always remind ourselves, like, I can't imagine what it was like for her. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Four years years as a five-year-old. Yeah. I mean, that's a lifetime. Totally. And and, and again, and a girl that has already experienced a whole lot of loss. Yeah. And now I got to believe these people people that they're coming back, but they, they aren't coming back at least not to bring me home. That was painful. What was that trip like the last one? Yeah. To go and pick her up and come back. It was a metaphor, I think, for the whole journey for us of holding things loosely. I had gone over there with hopes that maybe she would come home, but we had already made three trips of just trying to kind of work through the process. Mm -hmm. That trip was a, hey, it'd be awesome if she can come home, but really we got to go and just work with the embassy and all this stuff to try to get it done. It'd be awesome if it happens, but... If it follows the pattern, it's not. We're just mm-hmm. going to move the ball forward. And that happened to be the trip that the pieces all finally came together. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a, like in the back, we'd been hoping she would come home, but also kind of realistic enough to know sure. like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've been it's down been this road before. Three years of yeah. kind of hedging your expectations. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the doors flew open and we ended up on a plane and I'm literally flying back to the U.S. with yeah. this little girl that's now my daughter, not only my daughter, but she finally is going to get to be under my roof and mm-hmm. in the room that we've been literally holding for her for, wow. for multiple years. So super powerful and emotional, but also this like deep sense of relief of like, okay, all of this was actually worth mm. it. It's when it started feeling real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very much so. So through that crazy up and down process, mm-hmm. I'm curious, you mentioned people kind of rallied around you financially. Yeah. 
I'm curious how else people supported you yeah. best and surrounded you in the ups and downs. Cause I, I remember that time. Yeah. I remember being like, Oh my gosh, there's another delay. Yeah. There was so much going on. Yeah. I mean, the money was super helpful, but the emotional support of it was literally like life critical. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we would have walked through that. So many people that God would use from a, Hey, I was thinking about you guys sent you a note today or well, this group's been praying or literally like I, I drew this picture, I wrote this song, or, I mean, it was just incredible, the different mm-hmm. pieces that would come at just the right time when, when your heart needed it the most. And I think, you know, when you're not in it, it's hard to fully imagine what that's like, but you see this level of compassion of people who are like, I just want to enter in as much as I can to you. And I think that's the beauty of it for even somebody listening. You're like, man, I'm so driven by this idea of adoption, but I don't think that's what our family is supposed to do. I would say like, find somebody you can rally around. Mm. It may be just as rich of Mm -hmm. an experience for you to do. It may be exactly what you're supposed to do because somebody probably needs you to do it. Sure. Mm. You arrive back, you just described that feeling of relief of, wow, this was all worth it. Like it's culminated in this moment of like walking off of a plane in an airport, you're back in the States with your daughter. And then now what? Here we go. Totally. It's like an end and yet it's mm-hmm. just a beginning as yeah. well. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about what that was like in those first few like days yeah. and weeks and months of, all right, now we got to begin to learn mm-hmm. how to be a family together with this new member of our family. Totally. Yeah. There's that honeymoon season. There's the like top of the mountain experience. I mean, we were driving home from the airport, the most gorgeous sunset I've ever seen. <laughs> right. We got all, yeah. all this stuff going. And then reality hits within about 48 hours that you've got this child that just had their world again, turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And they're with people that they're not sure that they want to trust. And everybody's expectations are going to get blown Mm -hmm. because there's no way, there's no way for it to live up to what you conjure up in your mind. The euphoric moments turn more into like a kid that's screaming and destroying property and can't even communicate what's all going on inside yeah. of their heart yeah. and their head because they're just scared out of their mind. And you go back through those same things that I think along the way we had, which were like, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And this is not turning out like I thought it was going to be. Mm. And yet I think I we're still supposed to do it. Like, mm. what do you do with that? Yeah. Other than mm. just take the next step and you just say, okay, what are we supposed to learn through yeah. this? And, and yeah, it's been super hard. My daughter and I had an awesome long distance relationship, 9,000 miles apart. <laughs> we connected all the time. And then she came here and all of a sudden I was like, men scare her anyway. She's got a lot of reason to be scared. Something changed where when you were physically around all the time, I don't want anything to do with you. And so I've ended up through these places of like literally tears in your eyes, driving a car thinking, I did all this for you and mm. you won't trust me, mm. you know, and you, won't, and you don't even know what I did. And yeah. how could you not want this? You know, all those things. Yeah. And, um, for me, the most powerful moment was the day that in the middle of all that, I just had this reality of like spiritually, we do that all the time with God. We mm. do that all the time. <laughs> I don't know. It really cost you to bring me into my family. And I don't really always want to mm. trust you, all those things. And he's this incredible father that just says, 
I'm here. I'm not going away. Wow. And, um, and he does it perfectly. I do it massively imperfectly, but hopefully I get to be a little picture of that for her. So you brought her home. She's from a different country. She's from Ghana. Were there any like cultural differences mm-hmm. that you noticed? Yeah. Or was she just young enough where it was kind of like, well, this is kind of how we do things in Arkansas. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. By nine years old, like you've, you've set a lot of who you are as a person in motion at that point mm-hmm. and experienced nine years of a culture that completely different. So walking into a swimming pool and looking around to see, is there even going to be one other person that has the same color of skin as me? That's a pretty major cultural shift. Mm -hmm. Not really having much of an education and all of a sudden you're in school and all that that brings into Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. huge shift. I mean, just so many different pieces. And I think the older of a child you get, the more those become part of that process. And to her credit, I tell her all the time, she's one of the bravest people I know to Mm. jump into that and do that is incredible, but not easy. And Mm -hmm. she's still working at kind of figuring all this out today. But yes, culturally, all kinds of things that from food you eat to language that you use, um, so much that's literally foreign for her. And some of it's fun, like watching a kid experience at nine years old, a car wash for the first time is hilarious. It's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but um, a kid experiencing racism for the first time, that, oh. one's not, that one's not as fun. Your adoption experience mm-hmm. aside, just in our own country, we're dealing with the ramifications of racism and discrimination yeah. and all these things. What was it like to bring an adopted yeah. child from Africa Completely. into all of that? I'm the naive white guy that grew up in the Midwest that doesn't even begin to understand what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. But I've got a much better picture as her dad now, um, uh, you know, to literally have your kid come home and be at uh, an event with some other kids. And one of the kids says, I can't play with you anymore because you're black. Oh my gosh. As a dad, you just, you go through all the emotions of like, um, I can't even imagine. (laughs) Imagine anger. anger. Right. Exactly. And yeah. uh, yeah. And in the middle of that, you, your heart softens a little more to some of the realities that some Mm. people have to live with. And so I think we're, as a family, we're better for it because we have a better glimpse of just the work that we need to do as humans that need to learn to to love each other and, and embrace the beauty of who we are. But we're, we're learning like everybody else. So looking back on the journey so far, what would you say brought you the most joy? I think the the moments right now that mean the most to me often come at a, at a surprising place because there's a lot of reasons for her still not to trust. And she's working through a lot of that. Like I can count on my hand how many times she's let me hug her. Yeah, I haven't heard the words, I love you, but maybe one day. But what I have experienced is in the middle of the night when a big old thunderstorm rolls through and she is scared and doesn't have time to let her brain catch up to Mm. what she should do and just reacts and comes into my room and says, will you come sit with me and lets me hold her because she knows she needs to be protected. As a dad, that's like the richest thing Mm. in the world. And I also know like... I'm probably not going to get a lot of these moments. They're just incredibly powerful and meaningful. And I also know they may be few and far between. So you just soak it in for all the joy that you can suck out of it, knowing that um, Mm. this is it. Mm. We signed up for both these and the days that she doesn't want anything to do with me Mm -hmm. uh, because love demands both of those. And I love how you already spoke a little bit on how this process has impacted your view of God and your relationship with God. I have to imagine there 
have to be just tons of takeaways. Uh, I think parenthood in general teaches us a lot about our relationship with God and maybe even a little bit in a, a small distorted way, how God views us, but what specifically out of adoption have you said like, wow, this is, this has shown me a new side Mm -hmm. of kind of my relationship with God or Mm -hmm. given me some new insight or understanding that maybe I just didn't have context for before. Yeah. And the thing that probably is the headline for me as I'm in growing up in the church, I'm sure I've read these words. I just, they never clicked for me, but there's a little word that is used oftentimes in the scripture to describe um, God's love out of all the ways that are described. The word steadfast is the one that shows up the most. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I didn't even know, like, Steadfast was like one of those words. I'm like, whatever, just move on kind of thing. Like (laughs) maybe you, you dive in and you realize it is this like just incredibly resilient, faithful kind of a love, which is this picture of who God is. And, and I get that more now Mm -hmm. than I think I ever understood. And I also get that, um, that he's asking us to, to love each other in that way, not just an adopted kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that way in, in a marriage and friendships, so many things that, that demand of us to say, hey, I'm not going away here. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking around because that's how he loves us. And, and, and adoptions taught me that for sure. All right, we've just about come to the end of this week's episode, but instead of drawing a blank at the end of our podcast, we're going to fill one in. Mm-hmm. Here's our fill in the blank for this week. When it comes to making a big life decision, say, like adoption, like we talked about with Mark today, one of the things I learned from today's conversation was, Isaac, why don't you kick us off? I think for me, it's spend time with the experts, just getting an idea of how deep Mark's knowledge of adoption and the process goes Mm -hmm. in terms of like what to expect, how difficult it can be, but then like the other side of it, the reward and the beauty in that. Yeah. Mm. I think in all areas like that, I think talk to the experts and by talk, I mean like wear them out with your questions, like really (laughs) talk with the experts, learn from other people's experiences. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think for me, one of the big takeaways was there's no perfect time to pull the trigger on a major life decision like that. Yeah. Mm. I think for a lot of decisions, whether it might be adoption or starting a family in general, buying a home or looking for a new job, whatever it may be, Mm. a lot of times I'm very tempted to wait for the perfect opportunity. Yeah. I'm like, well, I've got this going on in my life right now where we've got (laughs) this thing happening over here and I just don't have time for that or we don't have the money for it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you're always waiting for conditions to be perfect before you make that big decision, you may never actually make it. If God is calling us to this thing, we've got to step into it. Hmm. Even though it's scary, even though we have some questions, even though maybe conditions aren't absolutely perfect, if we trust that this is where God is leading us, it's time to take that step and walk into it. Mm, That's good. I think for me, it's to come into those new situations with as realistic expectations as possible Mm. and then realize that even those expectations may get (laughs) blown out of the water and be open to that and not think that if that happens, it means you're failing. Mm. It probably just means like, yeah, that's kind of how this process goes. (laughs) I kind of like that. Even maybe one of the expectations being that your expectations are going to be off, you know, like, because that seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we better get to our uh, Manny Petty appointment. Nice. We're late. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. This was fun, by the way. We should totally do it again sometime. Say, in a couple weeks? Same time? Same place? Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, Somebody was like, let's start at the very beginning, just like Mary Poppins. And I was like, 
That's not Mary Poppins. That is the sound of music. What is wrong with you? Get your musical straight. 